listening to Splash with Shalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. Another episode of Splash. I'm Shalene Bryan here with my buddy Barbara Cameron. Hello, everybody. Ready to splash you with a little love, laughter, and encouragement to rehydrate your soul. Boy. And today, oh, I'm so Woo! excited. We are so excited. We've been wanting this guest in our splash zone for so long. And this this woman, I mean, I could talk about her for the whole hour. You know, when you get to just meet someone, and I don't even get to meet her in person because she's not in studio, but she's kind enough to join right. us. But I remember being in the movie theater with you, buddy, mm-hmm. and Kirk was doing a town hall. Mm-hmm. That's, yes. yes. That was a town hall. Yes. I was trying to think of that. And, you know, you know Francis was there, who, yep, you know, there's one right. of our best friends. And then... Jennifer walks out, and I'm like, no, how did he get her? (laughs) Today, you guys, let me just give you a little background. Author, speaker, Bible teacher, wife, mother to two. She's written 17 17. books, Bible studies, recorded several musical CDs. She can even sing. She's a triple threat, right? <laughs> Let's just put her on her own movie. She's appeared on everything. Today's mm. Show, Good Morning America, mm. Dr. Phil, Life Today, Billy Graham Television. She travels probably 25 to 30 times a year. Yeah. That's kind of the life we love, Barbara. <laughs> Sky Church is what I call it. I, I love know. it. Just get on a plane. Oh, Jennifer, you should hear. <laughs> so please, welcome to the podcast, oh, Jennifer, Jennifer Rothschild. Yay! Hi, Jen. Yay for me. And now I get to add to all those places I've been. I've been in the splash zone. I'm excited. (laughs) Oh, you're so sweet. Yes, you are. And you're going to make a tidal wave today. Yeah. Okay, always, let's do it. Let's always, do it. always. Well, I'm excited because I, I know that you know Kirk yes. well, and I've met you, I think, yes. several times and in Washington, D.C., and I just... I just oh, that's right. Yes, and I just... Thank you yes. so much for joining us because I'm reading your book, God is Just Not Fair. And mm. I, I tell you, Jennifer, I have got so many... <laughs> She's got notes, I've Jen. got highlights. Got I've notes. got everything in there, and I'm just so inspired by just your wisdom and knowledge Aww. and love for the Lord that... Oh, and then I got the lessons I learned in the dark, you know. So I'm a Jennifer Rothschild fan. fan. Yes. And here's what's amazing about the book, Lessons Learned in the Dark. Mm. Jennifer's actually... Now, are, would you be considered legally blind? You're not driving a car, no, right? Right. Well, early on, I was considered legally blind. Now it's everything dark. So, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So tell me, was that around age 15? Was that when right. things radically changed, right? So from until right. you were 15, mm. some of your dreams kind of faded after that. Yeah, I wanted to be an artist. That was my thing. Mm. And since this is a podcast and nobody can really check me, I can tell you I was probably good at it. <laughs> I was good at art. <laughs> hey, I'll um, buy a piece right now. $1,000, I'll go. take it. There you go. Um, my thing was cartooning. I mm, love caricatures wow. and cartooning. And so... For that reason, you know, I, you know how things go in, in school. So word got around that I was a good artist. So I was chosen to create and design this big banner that our class was going to use to hold up on field day. Yes. So that, of course, it would, you know, help spur us on to victory. So that's when I think the first indication that something was wrong with my eyes happened because I was in the gym it was empty and I had this brand new white bed sheet and I had spread it out on the floor of the gym. A friend was in there helping me and I was kneeling before it 
And under those bright white lights, I was sketching a lion. And as I continued to sketch this lion that we were going to paint, I realized that the sheet was dirty. So I thought, you know, I started wiping away what I thought was eraser dust. And Hmm. then on one side of the sheet, it looked like somebody had taken a Sharpie and like jammed a Sharpie. Black marks were all over it. Mm. And I said something to the friend who was helping me, you know, like, I'm so surprised. We just opened the sheet. I can't believe it's dirty. And she was completely perplexed and was like, I don't know what you're talking about. The sheet is perfectly white. Well, it was like the first time I had any indication that something might be weird with my eyes. But it didn't really totally click until... One night I was walking with my mom to a friend's upstairs apartment. And as we're walking up the stairs, I was tripping because I I had no night vision. I had no depth perception, but I just thought that was normal. I thought I was clumsy and I couldn't figure out how to be graceful like everyone else. And I thought I was dumb, you know, just all those things that a teenager would interpret. And my mom noticed and she asked me, can you not see those stairs? And that was my answer to her. What in the world? You can. So you know, any woman uh, hearing my voice what knows scares, what happened. <laughs> right. So I was mm. at the eye doctor the next day. And mm. within a week, I was at an eye hospital. And that's where it was diagnosed that I had a disease in my eyes called retinitis pigmentosa. So when I was seeing like what looked like a dirty bed sheet, that was actually parts of my retina that had been you know, just falling off and floating mm. into my eye. Mm. So wow. that became the beginning of the journey. And that's when I was declared legally blind and learned that the nature of the disease was that I would continue to lose sight until eventually all of my sight was gone. And yeah, then the prognosis is blindness. And that's where I am today. So I guess that's been over 30 years. It's hard to remember. Right. You know, I lost count because it's been longer in darkness than in light. Mm. And yet you can see better than all of us. That's right. It's crazy when I read your books and I listen to your podcast mm. and I hear you speak. It's almost like God lets you see things that we can't see. Yeah. And yet everywhere I find in the Bible when it comes to faith, right? Being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we can't see. We don't really mm. believe that. We're like, no, I need, you need to show it to me. You need to show it to me. Mm. I need to see yeah. it. Mm. Or that things yeah. that we see were not made out of things that are visible. That right. always yeah. gets me in the Bible. I'm like, wait, what? Mm. Then why am I making such a big deal about all the people around me right now and all the things mm. I'm wearing and what the scale says and what kind of car I drive? Like, yeah. who cares? Mm. I know it's a hard it's a hard reality to bust through, though. Right. Because we are so attached to what we can see. And I think that might be one of the most difficult gifts that came mm. with blindness is that it forced me to see beyond the now But I even had a conversation with my children last night. Mm. They're adults now. And we were talking about my my oldest son just asked this very sincere question. He's in his young 30s. He's like, how do you deal with aging? Because I feel like I have so much I want to do. And I don't want, you know, I trust God with going to heaven and all that. But I I like being here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I said, for me, And I think this is partly the gift of blindness for me. I have become so fixated on heaven, Mm. on the great reality that is just beyond the veil, that it gives me strength for now because of the reality of that day, this day has hope, you know, because the reality of that day is victory, then this day has victory. And so for me, I think that's one of the sweetest gifts of blindness is I've been able to get my eyes off 
Mm-hmm. Um, and not because I'm some spiritual paragon, but because it was forced. <laughs> I've been able to get my eyes off of how heavy today can feel. And when they've fixated on heaven, because mm-hmm. like you were just saying, right. doing the things that are not seen, you know, those right. are the things that are eternal. When they can get fixated there, then everything else just kind of falls into perspective. And how did your journey begin? Because it wasn't like you went to the eye doctor the next day after tripping on the stairs and you found Jesus. Did you have Jesus yeah. before? Or And at 15, I would have been kind of ticked at Jesus. Like, come on, I'm going to be yeah. a cartoonist. And you gave me this gift. Did you know God at that moment? You know, I did. So just a wow. little bit of my backstory yeah, was I had become a Christian as well as I understood what it meant to be a Christian, which was, for, for my understanding, it was putting my faith in Jesus for my salvation, that he alone could give me grace. He forgave sin. I could trust him with not just my my life when I die, but my life before I die. You know, mm. so I really Someone needed to hear that faith. right now, mm. one of the listeners. She's talking to us. Preach, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's... You don't have to go blind to need a savior. (laughs) Yeah. No, you don't. In fact, you need a savior because you never know if you will go blind. That's right. Or if you will go into despair or whatever Mm. it may be. But here's the thing that was interesting. When I first really came to faith in Christ, I started reading this little red leather Bible. Okay, well, let me pause. Now that I'm a grown-up, I look back, I'm like, that was not red leather. It was plastic, but I thought it was red leather at the point. <laughs> I think I had one of those until I, I, yeah. I, I, I like bent it and then it cracked. And I was like, oh, that's not leather, is yes. that? <laughs> How do that's I crack it? Mine and I was like, this is fake. Anyway, but the word of God was true. So I was Amen. so enamored by reading scripture. And I would read the Psalms every night. And I remember, y'all, this very intimate feeling of connection with God and that Mm. those words were true and for me. Well, then you fast forward to 15 years old and I can't see to read that Bible anymore. (sighs) And that is one of the most striking losses because Mm. for me, it was like this bridge of connection. Mm. So of course I began to, others would read scripture to me. I would listen to it on audio. But what it was for me when I look back, it was an affirmation of the reality of the relationship that I had with Christ. And so when the loss occurred, because I had already felt so loved by him, Mm. my response was not, oh man, you know, you you messed up here, God, right? right? You messed up. I was supposed to be an artist and... It was more of, okay, there was, there was frustration, there was fear, there was all sorts of normal emotion, but there was still a deep, intimate connection and longing for God. And mm. I really think intuitively there was this thing in me that was like, dude, if you get mad at God, you've cut yourself off from your only source of hope. Mm, so it was on. almost like intuitively, I need him too much to be angry at him. He is my lifeline. Mm. And in some ways, I think that protected me from all the shrapnel that could have come with blindness, like anger with him. Wow. That's so good. Mm -hmm. That's so good. You know, it reminded me of the verse you were talking about how important it is for all of us listening right now to Jennifer to hide God's word in our Mm -hmm. heart because, you know, we need to memorize scripture also. You know, you don't know what could happen. I mean, in, in the climate of our world right now, Bibles, the Bible app, you version, that all could be gone. And it's yeah. like, it's so important that as we're studying the word to actually hear God's truth and, and it's the only 
thing that won't come back void that we say to each other. My words are going to bounce <laughs> off my kids, my husband. Yeah. No one can take God's word away. Mm-hmm. And I am so. And my daughter, she's 22, and at college at Liberty University, she plays um, D1 lacrosse, mm-hmm. and she mm. memorizes like scripture. Like she'll she'll memorize like a book of the Bible. Wow. Yeah, wow. and she's just mom. We got to memorize this stuff. We got to memorize it. And. Mm. I wasn't like that at that age (laughs) or at 15 like you. I needed a friend like you. And so how beautiful. I feel Mm. kind of like I gypped myself Mm. and yet God's still, you know, faithful to me and and gets me, he he meets me where we are, all of us. Even for some of you listening right now and you're the first time hearing memorize scripture. But I started doing it and I'd put a little three by five card and I would have it in my car and I'd have it by my blow dryer mm. taped on the mirror and just try to memorize a verse every week. Mm. And I like just memorize yeah, it, right. whatever it is. And sometimes I don't remember yeah. the reference, but when crap happens, because okay. right. there's things <laughs> happening for people listening right now, for some reason, yep. God will recall the mm. truth that does not come back void and it'll just pop in my <laughs> head. And that verse I know is from the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. because of I'm not finding that on Netflix. You know what I mean? And so it's so mm-hmm. beautiful. And how honoring that your son, do you have a son and a daughter? Uh, two, sons. two sons. Two sons. That your, your mm-hmm. 30-something son would come to his mom and ask that question. Talk about rise and call you blessed, Proverbs 31 woman. That's just, that's amazing because he knew that you would give him the truth. And I think it's so important even for our listeners why we do this is my words, who cares? I could have a big celebrity in here. I was a former Hollywood producer. Who cares? They can't cast you into hell and they can't lift you up in heaven. There's only one Mm -hmm. way and it's through Jesus. There's only one way. And we all fall short of the glory of God. We don't need to lose our sight or we don't need to lose a limb or we don't need to be paralyzed. Like Johnny Erickson Tata lives just down the street from us here and Barbara's Mm -hmm. uh, granddaughters were docents there. And when Francis was here over Christmas, we went to Mm -hmm. see her and she just has Mm -hmm. this relationship with she just leaks Jesus right and yeah. that's what i felt when i whenever i see you speak at an event cuz i haven't personally got to meet you it's it's like jesus just splashes out of you because it's what your focus is on mm-hmm. you're so focused oh. on things to come and like it says in colossians 3 fix your eyes on things to come not on earthly things and yeah. so that's what God's telling all of us to do. He doesn't go, no, just Jennifer, because at 15, she's going to you know, lose her sight. I think we're yeah. all walking around blind, mm. spiritually. Mm-hmm. And we need to yeah. wake up yeah. to have eyes to see, the Bible says, and ears to hear the truth. Tell me for you now, okay, 15, and then that happens. And then how does all these dreams change for you from being an artist to now, you know, you sing, you write books, you do Bible studies, you have a podcast. Don't you also have, is it called Freshly Ground? What What, what is that ministry yeah, you do? Yeah. Tell me about um, I do a that. conference. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a conference for women and it's called Fresh Grounded Faith because we don't want stale and we don't want shallow. That's we want right. Fresh Grounded Faith. Um, yeah, in fact, Kirk Cameron has been part of it um, several times. So is Candace such honors, but what it is, it's an opportunity for us to bring together a region-wide event. We call it kingdom-minded. So many churches in the community will co-host with one main host church. 
And so it's a beautiful event of bringing unity to the body of Christ and yes. presenting Bible teaching and worship and encouragement so that women's um, faith becomes fresh. So, yeah, so that's what I do. But, you know, I look back and when I lost my sight, because all I wanted to do was to be an artist. That's all I was good at. But you thought. Very, you thought at 15. I thought. Yes. I thought, right? And that's a good point. <laughs> that is a good point. Um, but, uh, You're kind of good at a lot I of things. Com- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I remember coming home from the hospital and uh, we were silent on that drive home because, sure. you know, we're all so stunned. We got home and I started to, I mean, literally, this was the first thing I did. Uh, I started to play the piano. I had, I could not see to read sheet music anymore. And I played a song that I had never played before because it was written in a key too difficult for me because, listen, I had had three years of piano, but they had been, like, stretched over eight years. So I was a sorry pianist. Um, but anyway, I started playing by ear, and I played that beloved old hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. Oh. And it was as if God just, you know, he had closed the door at the eye hospital, but he opened another one right there on the piano bench. And mm. I began to play by ear. I began to write songs. The Lord opened doors of ministry. Very, I did not intend, but I was asked to sing at certain um, conferences and churches. And so the Lord grew ministry through that area of music. But then it began to transition into writing and teaching scripture, which is my passion. Mm. But I look back at all of it and I'm like, you know, have I just never been able to figure out what I was supposed to do? No, I realized the Lord called me to communicate. Mm. And in different seasons, I communicated through different vehicles. Some it was music, sometimes it was music, sometimes it was writing, sometimes it was Bible teaching, sometimes it was podcasting. And, And when I could see, it was art, but it's all communication. And so I would say that to anyone listening too. Sometimes we think, well, that was it. That was my one thing. I lost it. No, there's a deeper undertow of gifting that God has given you. And he will express Mm. through you what he has called you to do in different ways during different seasons. So, you know, that's just another picture of how Jesus redeemed everything. There's really no loss. There's no worst case scenario when it comes to walking with Christ. I love how you say that. I believe it was on your website or something that God only operates on plan A. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's just such a great, because everyone's like, so what's your plan B? What are you going to do if that doesn't happen? What's your this? What's your that? Not God, because God doesn't say oops. He only operates no. on plan A. He's not, mm. he's not shocked at all about the things no. that are going on in our lives and the struggles that we're yeah. having and, you know, hindrances that we get or conflict or money problems or spouse issues, children issues. He, he's not. He's, he's operates mm-hmm. only on plan A. Tell me, that's just such a cool angle, Jen. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think we forget. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, well, I'll because go to plan B. We're taught that. I said, let there be light. Oh, shoot. Maybe <laughs> I should say, let there be dark. Like we're, yeah, we're always taught on this earth to be always prepared. Prepared, not scared. Right. Come on, Christians. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> unpack that for all of us. When we think that we have a plan and it doesn't turn out, we think, well, we'll just go with plan B as if that is lesser. But here's the thing. If we have a global understanding that God is sovereign, then what appears to be a plan B to us is really God's plan A. Mm. And so I think we can be prepared in that we can be prepared to grasp 
loosely. Be stewards of our life. Mm. Seek excellence. Whatever it is that you do, you do it heartily for the glory of God. But when it, when you're doing the thing and it doesn't turn out like you expected, that doesn't mean that is failure or you have to come up with a plan B. That means that you have grasped loosely that which God has called you to do or who he's called you to be. Yes. And when a plan B in your mind unfolds, it's really just an opportunity for you to be not just a spectator, but a participant mm-hmm. in what God's sovereign plan has already ordained. And I think when we can shift our mindset, it frees us up to not have white knuckles with every single thing we do and feel in life. That's so good. That is good. Because I feel that a lot of people listening, and I can remember seasons of my life, that I just was white knuckling through it. Like, Shalene, you're not working hard enough. You're not being ambitious enough. You're not studying hard enough. You're not connected well enough with the right people, especially when I was producing in Hollywood, it's like, it's so easy to try to, you know, I'll do something Mm -hmm. for you, you do something for me. Mm -hmm. And God's like, no, I don't, I am the alpha and the omega. (laughs) I am the beginning and the end. You don't need, I will place you in front of the people that you need or take away the people that you don't need. And there's such a peace now that I'm, you know, 50 to rest in that, Mm -hmm. to be able to rest in knowing that he doesn't say, oops, He's in the victory right, business right. and his plan yeah. actually wins. The plan A. Yes. Plan A. I and that. I like to win, well, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, because you are a winner. So that works for you. But here's what um, you're describing, Tishling, is this concept of being willing to receive mm. rather than demanding to achieve. Ooh, say that again. Say that again. That was so good. So we need to be willing to receive. Right rather than demanding to achieve. And even in our Christian culture, I mean, I have had such a misunderstanding of grace because I'm kind of a type A anyway, and I'm going to get the job done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm just going to drive, drive, drive until I run out of gas. Right. You know, that's my personality. So I think there have been times when I have been so fueled by my drive and I thought it was God's grace, right? I'm just Mm. receiving these opportunities. I'm just receiving this. Oh, I'm feeling you right now. Yes. Yeah. About five or seven years ago, I like had a crash, y'all, like depression. And I had never experienced anything like that. I'm a positive person by nature and optimist. I enjoy wonder, you know, all that ignites me. But I mean, I was interior, my interior world was deteriorating. So what did I do? I, I, you know, drive faster. So I got to journal more and I got to pray and I got to drink less caffeine and I got to carve out rest. And, you know, I became like an expert on my own recovery and it just made it worse. Worse. Because what I was experiencing was this more of this endogenous depression that was kind of triggered by menopause. But what happened is it totally triggered all this questioning my faith questioning the existence of God, questioning the historicity of Jesus. I mean, it was a total dismantling Mm -hmm. until I found myself one day sitting in this brown chair in my office and just saying to God, I want, I know I trust you. When I'm healthy, I know I believe in you. Help me, help me to get back to what, you know, I believe, help my unbelief, teach me, guide me. Mm -hmm. And it was like the Lord brought me on this gentle journey of recognizing that what I thought was grace 
was really just my drive until my drive ran out. And then it became this beautiful opportunity to receive the grace of God to now fuel my passion rather than having my passion be what drove my calling. Mm-hmm. Now, God's grace in me was what was fueling the passion to fulfill the calling. And so mm-hmm. sometimes I think even with our Christian culture, because we misunderstand grace, we're like, I got to achieve this for God. I got to make him look good mm-hmm. or whatever your thing is. I got to make him love me, whatever. I got to achieve something for God. When Jesus died so that we would receive from him. And that's not just receiving forgiveness, receiving eternal life. No, that's return. That's receiving this grace for this minute receiving grace for the next minute, receiving grace for the next minute. It's a life of receiving and it really does free you up. And then what it also does is it it really helps you rest in being okay with what you think might be a plan B because you realize, I'm just resting in God's plan A, whatever it looks like I'm going to receive. And so for me, it's been a real transition of freedom that I'm very grateful for. I'm even grateful for the depression because of what it exposed. Mm We, that is that's yeah, so good, Jennifer. That's and so I, good. Um, wow. I want to kind of switch over because you have an amazing husband, an amazing. Man. She calls you him Doctor Phil, Dr. the real Doctor Phil. Dr. Phil. Yes. he's my Doctor Phil. Yeah, tell he's us how you met him. And I know there was a funny story in your book about mm. uh, him that I'd love for you to share. Well, there's probably so many funny stories. There in are. My book, there are. Barbara, about yeah. him because he is a goofball. He yes. really is. Yes. So fun. Um, in all the best ways. But I will tell you this. When I first met him, I was dating his roommate. Oh. And we, yeah, that's how we met. Woo. And so Tony, the guy I was dating, made the fatal mistake of introducing me to Phil Rothschild. <laughs> and so um, Drop the three the of us hung out a little bit. Yep. Yep. The three of us hung out a little bit. And then, uh, then it was just me and Phil hanging out. But I have told women, you know, I couldn't see Phil, of course. But he had this exuberant personality, so full of charisma, and just charming. And he had these Tom Selleck shoulders. Now, so before I lost my sight, let me just tell you this. Yeah, Magnum P.I., baby. Yes, you got it, right? (laughs) The red Ferrari. I loved Tom Selleck's shoulders. I mean, let's just be honest. Yeah. And so isn't God kind that that was one of my last visual memories? <laughs> anyway, so I, I meet this guy, Bill Rothschild, and, you know, you go to a Christian college like Liberty where your daughter is, and you do these, you know, very respectful side hugs to make your brothers in Christ. Well, right, right. Okay, <laughs> I felt my brother in Christ, Tom Selleck's shoulders, and I was like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, um, Jennifer's coming in hot. Mother, She's coming in hot. Yeah. yeah. I remember calling my mom and saying, you know, I know that I had a rough start with college and you told me to give it a try, That's but right. I'm just telling you, don't ever make me come home from college. That's I had right. this guy That's named right. the Rothschild. So good. Oh my goodness. So I, it did take him four years to finally accept my marriage proposal, but <laughs> when I graduated, um, we She married. had the ring and everything. I did. I, I had the whole plan. Um, but anyway, he really is quite seriously. He's been my partner in life, my partner in ministry. Yeah. He is a good man. Yeah. And we are a flawed couple who Amen. need grace. Aren't we so all? I never want anyone to think because they see us on stage or they see the polished version. Anything that looks polished has had a lot of sandpaper before it looks mm-hmm. polished. Mm-hmm. So 
we we have relied on grace and grown in our sanctification, but I'm so thankful for him. So How long have you two been married? We just hit 35 years. Woo-hoo! Congratulations. My husband and I yeah, are hitting we, 32 this year. I know. Well, Barbara, you're past 50, aren't you? I'm, yeah, I'm 52. Oh, yeah, she had a big old 50 That's party. Yeah, kids. I her. remember... Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's you know, worth it. It yes, is worth it. I know. It and is. it's work, though. You're right. I mean, anything that's worth it is work. You know, I think there was yeah. one one thing that you mentioned in your book, God is just not fair. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was in there because it's just something that I just, I thought a lot about and I've, I've used it when, you know, I, I help Kirk with his campfire revival and, you know, the prayer requests that come mm. in. And I think it, you said interruptions equals invitations. Did you? Oh, yeah. I love. Yeah. Did you unpack that yes, a little bit please. for me? So good. I don't know about y'all, but I have a lot of experience with interruptions. I think you do <laughs> yes. too. We all yes. do. Uh-huh. <laughs> Amen. Becoming the micro, right? The micro is just the phone call, the text, the knock on the door, the spilled milk, whatever it is. But I think in life on a macro level, we have these interruptions. My blindness interruption. Mm. I, you know, someone I love was just diagnosed with breast cancer. Interruption. The husband, not mine, thankfully, but it happens. A husband makes a bad choice and is unfaithful. Interruption. You know, they can be heartbreaking and earth shaking. And if we look at them only as that, oh my gosh, this is like a 10 on the Richter scale and it's exposing all the fault lines and everything's going to crack and we're going to fall through and it's over. That's then we miss out on what God, our Redeemer, who redeems everything is doing. We can look at those interruptions, whether they're micro, somebody knocking on the door, or whether they're macro, a bad health diagnosis as an invitation. So what's an invitation to? For me, like with blindness, I've chosen to look at blindness as an invitation to be introduced to myself. Not, not that blindness is a weakness, but blindness can be an opportunity to expose my weaknesses. Blindness can be an opportunity to in, introduce me to God in a way that I may have never met him before. Mm. It's everything's an invitation. And when we look at interruptions as just that, an inconvenience that means we have to shift our plans, then we see it as a dead end. But when we see any kind of interruption as an invitation, then it becomes another stepping stone on this path of growth this path of sanctification, this path of wisdom. And here's the thing, if we really, I mean, it all comes down, like Tozer said, to what what we believe about God. I mean, that is the I love that. What comes to our mind when we think about about God is the most important thing about us. Tozer said that. If you think that God is good, God is wise, God is Mm. working for your good, then an interruption is an invitation. You don't have to sit down and ponder it too long. You just go, okay, I'm with you. That is so true, Jen. That is so true. I love that. Yeah, I love that you knew that quote. I do because (laughs) I need to say it to myself a lot. Shalene, what comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. And what does when, and even you listening right now as you're driving or walking or, or having a cup of coffee, it's like, that's something that you want to stop and and ponder right now. What really comes to your mind when we say God? Because we all love to be dazzled, right? Mm-hmm. We all love mm-hmm. to be dazzled mm-hmm. with something. You know, when I when I saw that, what came to my mind was interruptions. The the things that you know we do experience as those interruptions, and then I, you said invitation. My my brain went to 
it's an invitation to lead others to Christ. It was an opportunity oh, yeah. and an invitation right. to share Jesus with somebody. That's right. Those divine appointments. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's yeah, good. They really are. And when I hear the word invitation, I think of a party. So I'm like, oh, I guess I'm supposed to be <laughs> checking out something else. Because <laughs> let's go. <laughs> oh, this has been great. Life's a vapor. Life's uh, a vapor. So do you have a new book you're working on now? Is there anything that you can give us a little plug on or something you're excited about that you have coming up? I know you have the podcast, but are you writing something else right now or... Is there a life movie yeah. on you yet? What are we doing? <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, there's no oh, life There that. needs to be. Yeah, there, there, yeah, does. there needs to be. <laughs> you know, I just literally finished last week. I turned in a manuscript, and then I filmed eight Bible study videos. Woo! For, for LifeWay? Bible study. Yep. Oh. It's on the book of Amos. Amos. And speaking of invitations. And that's not yes. just a cookie, everybody. <laughs> No, famous Amos. We're making we're making Amos famous That's in all right. of this. Yeah. Oh wow. Zero calorie. Zero. Um, but calorie. my subtitle is an invitation to the good life. Because oh, I love it. if you read if you read Amos, what you realize is, man, there's some bad news in here. And there's some condemnation. But what I've done is I'm taking every condemnation and I'm literally turning them into an invitation. Mm-hmm. So what if Israel had accepted God's invitation to seek him and live? What if they had lived assured? Mm. What if they had lived faithfully? Mm-hmm. What if they had lived humble and justly and hopeful? Yes. Their lives would have been different. Their story could have been mm-hmm. different. And so can ours. I'm so pumped up about this, you yes. guys. It's yes. coming out this summer. Um, and I just, it's really life-giving. It is just such, It's well, it's God's word. So it's so rich. That's why. But yeah. um, I've just learned so very much about how we can accept the invitation because when we accept the invitation to seek God and live, oh, everything else falls into place. Mm. Everything else yeah, falls into does. place. And not only do we live the good life, but then we, we give it to others, you know, and it's what the mm-hmm. world needs mm-hmm. is people who are willing to be humble and just and faithful. Mm-hmm. And that's us, you know, that's us. Woo! Ooh, that's oh, I exciting. can't wait to read I that know. one. I know. Wow. Do, what's the, do you have the title? Can you share that yet of that book? Yeah. So the title is Amos, An Invitation to the Good Life. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And you already shot the videos. I did. So they're being edited right now and it'll be out, um, I think, in July of this year. Wow. 2020, awesome. whatever this is. 22. Two, three, I don't know. We got... 22. Yep, 22. I don't know about you guys, but the pandemic makes me forget what year I'm in. Oh, 100%. 100%. So, so I just don't age. I know I was just thinking that when I said 50. I'm actually 53. I just turned 53. So I'm like, oh, no, that's what happened in 2020. You know what I mean? Just, you got to stop your whole life for a minute. Yes. Yeah. Reset the rhythms like of your years. life. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me yeah. ask you, with your, with your big women's conference, is that still coming up this year? Yes. Um, thankfully, we are still doing those. We were able to build back. And we have 10 more um, this wow. year that we're doing. In fact, I'm leaving tomorrow for okay. Austin, Texas, for one. Um, we'll be, yeah, we're, we'll be all over the U.S. So women can, you know, they can find that on, on, on my website, jenniferrothchild.com. It'll have our date. And, it, and it's called Fresh Grounded Faith conference, right? Yes. So anyone yes, who wants yes. to go on the website and have a chance to go there, I think 
is it going all year? Like, are you throughout the, the yeah, year? Because this isn't going to yeah. air today. This isn't. So she, obviously mm -hmm. our listeners can't go tomorrow. But I would like to send our family listening Aww. that they could then meet and greet you throughout the country I this year. It. So we're going to add that on. And would also like to get a few listeners to get a couple copies of your book coming out in July, Amos, which would be amazing. Yes, for those. we would love that. And, you know, you're speaking like 25, 30 times a year. Well, I've whittled it down a little bit. The Good. old girl's getting older, so, yeah. And, and I'm <laughs> oh, also no. trying to learn balance. Before yes. I die, I want to learn balance. There we go. Possible. I'm out about 20 times, so That's I have a awesome. Well, we hope to see you, you in the future. Yeah, thank you definitely. so much, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining us in the Splash Zone mm -hmm. and for just not being fake. You're so real. <laughs> it's not churchesy. It's it's so beautiful how mm -hmm. faith doesn't have to be fake. Mm -hmm. We don't have to just tattoo no. it on us and go, I'm just going to white knuckle my faith. And no. I just felt very free with mm -hmm. what you shared and that just... Like interrupt me because I want that invitation. I want that invitation. Yeah. It's so interesting when you can shift the atmosphere. You allow God to shift your vision, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you can see things from his perspective and we don't need eyes for that. Nope. Good word, sister. Mm. Love you guys. We love you. Thank you so, so much, Jennifer. Thank, Thank you for joining us. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll see you on the road. Yeah, that would be fun. Yes, ma'am. All, right. All right. Take care. Bye. Buddy. That was so good. Woo! I Man. mean, she just spoke some now words to me. I'm sure me those too. of you listening, and we just want to thank our yeah. Splash family. Yeah. And I want to encourage you, whatever device or platform you're listening to us on, please drop us a note, a line. You have a prayer request. You want to get involved in one of these stories that we're telling or, or people that we're talking to, or you want to go to an event, mm -hmm. please reach out to us. We will put the links to you. We will give you access to whatever it is. But today, let's splash a little interruption into our lives. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. And, and uh, also, if anybody would like us to come to their church or yes. their community and do a splash event We're in. live. We are uh, in for we 2022. We would love to meet everybody. I know. We got masks we can do off this here now. now in California. <laughs> Don't fall over, everybody. We got the masks <laughs> off here now, and we are ready yes. and willing to love travel it. to you. And yeah, buddy, thank you for reminding me of that. We would love to come to your church or group and however mm -hmm. big or small it is. Yeah. So invite us. Splash and a little love and encouragement. Splash a little love, laughter, and encouragement. <laughs> Until next time, have a beautiful day. Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at shaleenbryan.com.